Welcome to Season 2 of Passion to Profit Podcast. Hey there, I'm Nikki Milne, a high school dropout, ex-hairdresser and salon owner turned PR and marketing expert and founder of the Perth Collective PR Agency. I'm a mum to four, a wife of a firefighter and a very driven entrepreneur. This season, we're going to interview some incredible business owners that I've had the pleasure of working with or personally knowing. And I'm going to do some episodes on tips, tricks, and strategies that I've used to not only scale my business, but the businesses I mentor and consult with and that I work with through my PR agency. So without further ado, let's dive into season two of the Passion to Profit podcast. Welcome to the Passion to Profit podcast. Today, I am joined by Tess from Minted Elevated Living. Tess and I have been working on her business, but I just think she's just such an incredible talent and it's been amazing to see the journey explode in the last sort of 12 months. We've been I've been on board with her for about six months, but just elevating the brand and the business has been such an interesting journey and Tess is very focused on what she wants out of the business and where she's going. So it's an absolute joy to work with Tess. So I thought, why not have her on the podcast and share some of Tess's thoughts and strategies around her business growth? So welcome, Tess. Thanks, Nikki. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you very much. I'm so thrilled to be here. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And so I'd love you to start with your business journey. Where do you come from? What's your background? Where do you live? And tell us everything about the business. Hmm, where to start? Well, I am a country girl um, from the beginning. I grew up in the Wheat Belt and the southwest coast of WA near Esperance. After finishing school, I I went to uni and studied mass communication with a major in PR and journalism. And then I spent 10 years working in PR in Perth and London, corporate PR um, more specifically. And then, so I went on maternity leave after five years of working, doing corporate PR for Bank West. So I was the communications officer for the Chief Financial Officer of Bank West, working in the Bank West Tower in Perth. And I went on maternity leave after being really burnt out working in working on communications plans for redundancy rollouts in oh, wow. yeah, in the global financial crisis. I'm really showing my age here, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that um, was what shapes us, especially as business yeah. owners. <laughs> and that was really exhausting and disheartening and it kind of gave me a bit of a sour taste to PR I guess which wasn't representative of the whole PR industry but for me at that time I just felt really burnt out really exhausted and totally over it went on maternity leave and just wanted to do something for myself and I had always had a really keen interest in interiors so I thought oh okay maybe I'll do a diploma of interior design while I was on leave more so at that point out of interest than thinking that it would become a career but yeah as these things do it kind of evolved over time I had friends asking me to help them out and then I started thinking why aren't I charging (laughs) for friends of friends and you know then it's um, turned into a business idea and I finally launched Minted in 2014 we moved to Geraldton in WA to spend time with my mum who'd just been diagnosed with terminal breast cancer and the idea was to spend two years here and we have now been here for 10 years. 
<laughs> oh, so you didn't leave. You're still there. No, and yeah, we just, I think once you've lived here, the lifestyle really gets under your skin. Like we live on the beach, our kids surf, nowhere is too far. You know, like it's really easy to get around and there's an incredible community of people here that we adore. So yeah, we don't want to leave now. <laughs> oh, understandably. And I think that's really interesting because for me, your brand is Australia-wide. For actually, when I met you, I didn't actually know where you were based because your projects are all over the country. So yeah. I think that's a really interesting, you were very aware of not making the business isolated to a particular location. You've actually built the business around being an Australian-wide service. Yeah, I guess when I first launched Minted, I was really aware that perhaps what I wanted to do wouldn't necessarily be supported in a small population Um, like everyone here is super supportive but given the size of the population I might have been quite limited in terms of my you know market share and what I could offer people so definitely from the start it was a national focus and I started that with e-design so I really decided that that's where we wanted to focus so you know, what kind of service could we offer in interiors and design to people that are not living close to us? It was also a good life hack at the time because I had three small children, life was messy, I didn't have time to be leaving the house too much. So, you know, I was doing Zoom consults in my little office while the kids were sleeping and, you know, writing emails from the kitchen while I was making dinner and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) juggling small business owners, like juggling the mess of life at that point, which really helped us build our audience because we did a lot of online marketing, Instagram in particular, but also Facebook and collaborations with brands across Australia. So that really helped us build our following. Yep, incredibility. Yeah, and credibility. And that led to more opportunities. So, um, you know, we used to do a lot of product styling work. So people would send me their products, I would style it, and then they'd use that imagery in their campaigns, marketing campaign. So, you know... Yeah, and, you know, giveaways with like-minded businesses in a similar industry who aren't necessarily competitors, for example, so you're sharing each other's audiences and just, you know, really focusing on communicating my day-to-day life, really. It was quite messy at the start but very personal and engaging and that built a beautiful following of really engaged people that you know are still with us today and we love and adore and really appreciate their incredible support over the years yeah oh of course and I mean you've got around 30,000 followers on minted Instagram account so I think that's just such a credit to you really were in you know that timing was right there was people that could relate to juggling the children and trying to establish business (laughs) and and Instagram was a creative platform and just like you're saying, the strategies used back then were very much collaboration, partnerships, styling products for the purpose of creating content. And with your background in marketing yeah. and PR, that probably quite came quite naturally to you. Yeah. And I used lots of um, my kind of corporate and PR and marketing skills on the business, even though they're not design or interior related, but they definitely applied, like I'm sure lots of business owners who've come from a corporate background have found with their own business kind of pursuits. 
but also the the decision to make our offering digital so doing beautiful mood boards and designs myself creating those digitally really helped us with our marketing as well because it's such a visual medium we could then market that material that we were creating for the few clients at that time which then snowballs your interest yep I love that I think that's really important. So what would you say your style at Minted is? Do you have a particular style or? That's quite a tricky question just because we explore so many different styles with our design work and we definitely let our clients lead the way in terms of their preferred style. But I guess uh, we would say that our most common style is definitely Australian coastal and Australian farmhouse. We try to focus on really beautiful quality but yet casual and indoor outdoor living so we love using natural materials and creating spaces that are really easy to live in and there's something about that that really suits our Australian style of living so I think that's why it resonates with so many of our clients. Yeah absolutely and I think when I look at your designs I can see like my family living there they are certainly child friendly as well you know, you see these beautiful houses on Instagram, but there's no way I'd be putting my boys near a white couch, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I feel with your designs, you very much take in the family situation and the lifestyle that they're leading so that it is family friendly, which sometimes yeah. designs along those. Um, yeah. And again, we have a, quite a bit of diversity. Like for, we are often designing for families. So the, the top of our thought process is what is the most durable fabric to have the couch what is the best floor rug for that purpose you know what will be the easiest to look after and the easiest to live with but we also have other clients who are perhaps at a different stage of their life where they have no children at home and they are building their dream architectural designed home where they are happy to have the white couch and you know the luxe floor rug that takes more care and you know all of those things so look forward to that day (laughs) yeah yeah me too (laughs) yeah not not in the phase of my life right now (laughs) me neither but (laughs) yeah there's some really dreamy spaces in that in that zone but we feel like we've you know spent many years honing the craft of creating a dreamy space regardless of whether you're in the messy child stage or the you know older stage where you may not have kids at home so you're kind of heading more to your dream home retirement you can have yeah everything you've worked towards I think that's such a yeah and absolutely I see my parents at that stage now they're building their dream house and you know, they haven't had to take in the considerations that I would have to take in because they don't have young children running through oh, it. What a treat. That would just Yeah. <laughs> and I look at that and think I look forward to the day I can build a house and have beautiful oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, ornaments on tables that won't go flying off and yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just a different type of yeah. life. So I love the diversity that minted elevated living actually shows on social media because that's so important. Find out what you need to focus on now in your business by taking my new business growth quiz. Together, we will identify where your business currently falls in the five levels, from zero to over a million dollars of income. What level are you at now? And what do you need to do to move forward to that next level of income? Take the quiz and based on your results, I will send you a personalized PDF workbook so you can scale your business to the next level in the year ahead. Head to www.com nickymilne.com to take the quiz. That's quite-
quite a big flip from you going from PR and corporate background to actually being interior designer, small business owner. How did you, you know, deal with that complete career change? And then obviously the challenges of building your own small business, not to mention your obviously maternity leave. So you've had then a baby and you've Geraldton. There's yeah, there was quite a lot yeah. for you to work through in that period of time. Oh, look, it was super duper and continues to be super duper challenging. Yeah. But I think, you know, many people who run a business would relate to this that looking back, I would never have started if I had known how many hurdles and how many challenges there would be to kind of overcome. But, you know, so I'm glad I didn't know that before I started. But I guess one of the hardest parts was living regionally and trying to figure out how to run the kind of business I wanted from a regional place. That was a big challenge to overcome. It was almost educating a market at that time about what interior e-design actually was and what it could offer people because at that time there was not very many people doing it at all and then it really took off a few years later. So in those early days it was about, you know, with our Instagram posting and our Facebook posting, it was explaining what is what exactly we can or we do do for our clients and what help that could be for anyone interested because previous to that it was all about interior design was all about you know um, somebody coming to your house charging lots of money whereas this was a whole new model and way of working in the space so that was a challenge at the start but like so many business owners I guess I've really focused on evolving the business every year to suit the what I see as the interested market, if that makes sense. So, you know, clients would be requesting certain services that we don't necessarily offer and it would just plant a seed in my mind of, okay, I think we need to turn in that direction next. We're getting more interest from that. That's a gap in the market. And so over time we've gone from designing really simple children's spaces to now designing landscapes, large-scale renos, new builds, and now also full-scale architectural projects from start to finish. So that's been amazing. Some of those projects span years. Um, So we're so lucky to be able to work with some really incredible clients and have been lucky enough to build amazing relationships with those clients. So that, along with being able to be creative in design, is definitely the most treasured part of running Minted for me and our team. So yeah, it's really rewarding. Yeah. And that's amazing. And I think, so obviously this year in 2022, you've had such amazing growth in since I've been around. I've noticed that, you know, you've got new team members, you've got a new studio, and kind of, I guess that's next. the next level of your growth in your business is moving from home into actually a premises. How did that all come about? And that's quite a big jump from people. That's a real pivotal moment in their business where they go, okay, I've grown out of working from my home situation. I need to go and move into more a commercial premise. Um, a terrifying moment, I think. You know, like yeah. you kind of flip-flop about whether to do it or not and, you know, you doubt yourself and then you think, no, I can do this. And then you doubt yourself again. And well, that's what it was like for me. It was a process of trying to get my head around it. But in my case, my youngest child went to full-time school at the start of 2021. And that sent me into a bit of a tailspin because I thought, oh God, what am I doing with my life? 
Have I just been doing minted because it's really suited our family situation? It's given me that opportunity to be at home with the kids and go to assemblies and all that stuff. And now that the kids are at all at full-time school, is it time to re-look at PR and what would that look like if I decided to go down that path? And I got quite serious about it. I went and did two units at uni on public health PR because that was the direction that I was quite interested in. And I did the two units, got into the Masters of Public Health for Public Relations and just decided that my heart wasn't in it. So I kind of had a reminder of all the corporate PR that I'd done and there's so many parts of PR that I absolutely love. It's so enjoyable and it's so rewarding. But it was just a moment for me where I realised that my heart really was with design. Like I love design. I missed it in the time that I was doing my study. I love what our business can give to our family in terms of flexibility and being there with our family through the coming years as well. And so it was a really good experience for me to go through that so that I could then jump back into Minted knowing that this is where I wanted to be and just throw everything at it. And that's kind of what the last 18 months has been about for me is just trying to get really strategic, you know, prior to that, I was running the business and growing it, but it was half steam, I guess, because, you know, the demands of childcare often make it that way. But it was seeing lots of success. And when I was studying, we had so much interest because the market had just kind of, you know, boomed a bit with building and design as well. And so I was had all these clients chomping at the bit while I was trying to figure out whether I actually wanted to do it, do, you know, design or not. And so when I decided to go down that path again, they were there waiting for me, which I will forever be grateful for. And we had so much work, you know, coming out of our ears and it was time to hire. We worked with a big team of contract designers and we have for years and years, but I'd never taken on a full timer in the office. So, well, in our new studio space, which we then kind of acquired this year as well. So that's all happened this year and it's been such a fun process, but a big learning curve. And yeah, we've we've definitely grown our client base and we, we're serving clients locally in Geraldton, but all over WA, lots in the Wheat Belt, a few in Perth and also on the East Coast in Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales. So yeah, it's been a busy year. (laughs) Yeah. And what I love about you is you have a very clear vision. When we first met, you're like, this is where I want to be. This is the exact client I want to have. This is how, you know, I'm planning on getting here. I want to be you were just very, probably one of the most defined people I've ever worked with that had this, this is where I'm going and, you know, how the steps to get there or what what am I going to do this? And to be honest, you've kind of achieved it in six months, which is mind blowing, but you are incredibly focused on systems. And yeah, it's actually been quite amazing to see you actually implement everything and actually push through because there's so many distractions in business and you seem very focused. Like, I love that, that you, there's no excuse with you. You are going to Oh, thanks, Nikki. That's such a massive compliment, especially coming from somebody like you who I really respect. But I think I've made that my mission this year to definitely focus on the business 
processes and systems and forever and a day our main focus has always been about the client experience but this year I've tried to use our systems and processes to elevate that even more so that our clients feel more looked after more engaged and you know we are offering a bespoke design service so we want them to feel like they're getting that one-to-one service even if we have lots and lots of clients we want them to often feel like they are our only client so so yeah that's been a big decision this year and getting your systems and processes in order you know helps so significantly with that I think and you have helped me so much to do that so thank you no thank you and I think that's what I love about you is I'll sort of suggest something or come up with something you'll go and try it and then you'll come back and go it's not quite working we need to tweak it again so your mind looks like mine it's never good enough something's not working let's tweak this (laughs) yeah and it's taken six months of trialing testing the market coming back forth back forth back forth which has been such an incredible journey. And I think that's a lesson for everyone listening that your first offer will not be the best offer. And then to define what is not working, whether it's a service offer or a retail offer, you've got to then tweak, then go back, do it again, do it again, do it again. To it took really six, seven months to get to that perfect place where we've kind of, you've hit the nail on what the client wants and given them options. But that was certainly yeah. not something that was done in the first instance. It took a lot of many months trying to work that out. And I think, you know, my experience of running a business is so much around perseverance. It it doesn't, you don't get it right the first time. It is about failing 15 times to then get it right on the 16th time. And it's about kind of always backing yourself, I guess, to know that you'll get there. And that's something I've had to remind myself over the years. And I also think it's about staying in your own lane and not looking to the side too much about what other people are doing. Just try and do what you do really well and, you know, direct your business in a way that you feel passionate about and then it will come together eventually. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was just a classic, like, because obviously I work with a lot of people in mentoring and stuff and I'll suggest them like, oh, yeah, and they'll go and do it. And then I'm like, so what was the results? Whereas you were straight away. I don't feel this is a thing. I feel there's a hurdle here. Can we remove that hurdle? So you are such a, like me, a workshopper and trying to work it out. And yeah. and I think that's why you achieved it quite, for me, six months is quite quickly how different oh. your business is in six months. <laughs> yes. But I think that's just such a great learning curve for other people. Like you say, you're never going to achieve it on the first time. It'll take 15, 16 goes and you just keep tweaking, keep tweaking until yeah. you get an offer that people go, this is incredible. So, I mean, that's just such a testament to you. I love the way your mind works and how you were so driven to actually let's just make this system the best that it possibly can be for our customers, for our clients, even for your team. And I think, yeah, for me, like taking the lead from your team and also from your client is so important because if the client's saying that they need something that you currently don't offer, then there's something missing that you can be offering. And I think that that approach has served me really well over the years. It's meant that my business has evolved like significantly to the point where sometimes it's a bit embarrassing how many different services we've had and how many different, you know, directions we've taken. But I think that at the end of the day, it's all in the pursuit of a really well-rounded, positive customer experience, which is the whole idea, I guess. And an example of that in the last 12 months was the introduction of landscape design to Minted. That is something that we've never done. And, you know, I think it had been boiling away in the background as an idea for a few years. 
But, you know, once we got a few serious clients saying, no, I really want some help with designing our backyard as well, it made me think, well, hang on, why aren't we offering a more holistic design service? People are coming to us wanting help from that very first stage of a new build or a large-scale renovation. We value indoor-outdoor living and that beautiful Australian lifestyle so much. It makes sense to connect the interior with the exterior of your home and really try to maximise the property value for our clients. But not just that, it really elevates their lifestyle experience and and their lifestyle goals for their families because we are creating incredible spaces that are really easy to live in outside and inside so it just kind of all clicked into place and made sense and yeah we had a really amazing opportunity for a landscape and so I decided to throw it all in and create a a proper fully formed landscape service and we have not looked back it has been so much fun we have loved designing landscapes and we have got lots of professionals helping with the planting schedules the material selections and then our design team working on the actual flow and you know spatial use of the property and we've just found that it has totally elevated our offering because you know now we're offering a whole home service which so you're not having to go to five different professionals to have that experience and we feel it really delivers a consistent look and feel throughout your property not just a consistent look and feel in the interior and then a different one in the landscape so we feel like it works really really well and that's exactly like an evolution of the business that you noticed. It seems silly for someone else to then engage you to do the interior and then go and have to find someone for exterior. And then yeah. like you say, the exterior probably wasn't flowing to the best of its ability because it was two different visions and two different companies working on it. So yeah. that's a natural progression. And I guess that's an evolution of a business, which is amazing because you've seen a niche market that the clients are demanding and actually leaned into it and added it to your services. So, and Tess yeah. is like, I mean, landscaping, it's the type of stuff you see on Instagram and you save it or you screenshot it. Like I'm sure <laughs> you're the, the landscaping, I guess that's what captivated me when I first come across it. I was like, oh my God, these exteriors are insane. Yeah. But again, family friendly, all the rest of it achievable and you can picture yourself living in those homes, which is just such a credit because again, we see a lot of interior designers that have incredible backyards, but how practical are they? Yeah. <laughs> it might look incredible on a photo shoot, but I'm like, I don't know, my kid will fall over and knock his head out on the brick wall or whatever. Yeah. Yours, <laughs> yeah. yours don't seem to have that. I'm very risk averse. Oh, three sons. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like your interiors, uh, your exteriors as well as something's very, very savable, which has probably helped with the Instagram ability. And I know on Pinterest you do quite well as well. So all those sort of things is what, you know, is marketing your business. Oh, absolutely. And I think it comes like for a deep respect for our clients in the sense that, you know, design is an investment for their home that is not lost on us, if that makes sense. So, you know, we feel like the inclusion of landscape and house facade design really adds value to a property, which more than pays for itself later on if they ever want to sell, but also for their lifestyle goals. So that was a big decision for us that we feel like really adds a huge amount of value for the client because you can really justify it if you know that it's adding value to your property. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And so if someone was kind of listening and they're in the position where they have been like you, you know, the kids are finally all gone to school full time and they've been dabbling away at a business for a few years and it's proving to be, you know, going quite well. What would your advice be from making that transition from a home-based business or something that you're doing part-time to actually then looking like what you've done in the last six months, which is, you know, taking on more staff and moving out? Is there something you could sort of recommend to them or? Finding courage, (laughs) getting brave. Um, I think the key, what it came down to for me, really knowing our numbers, like what it costs us to do somebody's design work. So what our true profit margin was and then working backwards from there, like, you know, if I were to take on a studio, which we've now done, can we sustain that long term, even in a bad market? What does that look like? How many design jobs would we need to do each month, each year? And kind of doing the number crunching. I think that's a really important part that particularly people in design, including myself, hate doing. Crazy industry, yeah, absolutely. And that's great advice. Oh, I have really learned that that is so critical to the whole operation of our business and making spending decisions, whether that's in marketing or props or whatever you need. It's really important that you understand how much that is impacting your business. So I think I've had to um, have a cash course in in that over the years, and I guess. For me and our business, imagery is the most powerful tool, I think, to creating a presence and creating that aspirational kind of feeling towards your brand. And I don't think that you need to have incredible big projects to do that. I think it's more about finding those opportunities that you can create beautiful imagery with on a low budget and then growing slowly over time, but just being really persistent about how much you're posting beautiful imagery, how much you're posting design-focused pictures, I guess you would say, because that eventually will pay off over time. And that's been a really big and important part of our business. Oh, and your 3D render work is incredible. Half the time, I can't tell whether it's a photo or a 3D render. Like I think you've obviously invested in finding the right people to create them and obviously bring in you're very particular about how those 3D renders actually look and I think that's just such a credit to you and you've certainly controlled your brand by making sure like you're saying the imagery is speaking volumes as your portfolio for work. And also it kind of extends on then to the final project, like, you know, the photography we've really always invested in. Like to me that has been an expense that is well worth the money over the time just because you know that beautiful imagery of a final project is an incredible testimony to your work so and it's something that needs to be documented for marketing but also for yourself I think you know it's such a great thing to be able to look back on all the beautiful projects and lovely clients that you've been able to work with over the years I've just yeah really enjoyed the process of documenting it all. And even if you go on Tessa's website, if you look back to like, I think 2018, 2019, your work you were doing then, not that there was anything wrong with it, but it is actually no. the, the journal section actually shows a full, I guess, evolution of the brand as you've moved through yeah, from styling in children's rooms into then, you know, interiors now to landscaping to the 
the, you know, the exteriors and all the rest of it. So I think that's just such a beautiful thing to see on your website. If you have the time, go and have a look because the journal really explains the growth of the company and the skills that you've acquired along the way and the teams that you've brought in to actually help elevate the brand. So I think that's just incredible. And so what does the future hold for Minted Elevated Living? What are we going to be seeing in 2023? And So much. I think I have a lot of trouble sitting still and I love working on Mint. You do. Like a thousand ideas bubbling away and I do find it really hard to figure out which idea to really focus on the most, which is part of the reason why I engaged Nikki or you this year to really help me hone in where I should be spending my time because I just get so passionate about growing the business. But specifically, you know, in the next 12 months, we're looking at developing our hard finish collection a lot more. So we offer tapware and tiles and flooring at the moment. So we're constantly on the hunt for more beautiful bespoke suppliers that can deliver incredible products for our clients that aren't necessarily that easily sourced. So you're always, you know, getting those unique pieces through. And also on that, we're designing our own furniture collection at the moment. So that's really exciting. I'm so excited to see that. Yeah, so that's in the works now. So I'm I don't want to put a date on that. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but but it's it's on my desk definitely. We're offering amazing design and style discovery sessions um for new clients and we have space packages. So, you know, choose a space and we um, design and visualize it for you. And you can do that with one space or five spaces in different packages. So we're finding our clients are really loving that to tackle key areas of their home. And most of all, as always, we're really focused on trying to constantly improve our customer, our client experience, basically. So yeah, that's always on my desk and always um, trying to come up with new ways to do that. So that's yeah, a massive priority for 2023 as well. So much happening. That's amazing that, you know, that's very much Tess. There's always something happening and always developing and moving, which I think gives so much breath of fresh air into the company as well. I think people love to see progression. They love to see people that are going, well, let's do this and we can do this and let's try that. So I think, you know, that's another great takeaway for this conversation is never sit still. You've got to be constantly evolving and looking at new ways to diversify. And like you're saying, most importantly, listen to what your clients are asking for. Yeah. And on that, it actually keeps me engaged as a business owner too. If I'm constantly evolving and diversifying, I feel like I'm constantly interested and excited about the brand. Whereas if I just sit on it and let it plateau for a while, that's when I just get a bit, you know, ho-hum about the day-to-day of business operations. So for me, it's a really critical part of business is always doing new things and finding new opportunities. Yeah, I love that. And so we usually finish off with a few questions for me. Do you have any questions? I'm always intrigued about this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can be uh, as nervous as well. I think because I know you so well now, I feel yeah. like, well, but I love that you challenged me. You are someone that does challenge me, so then I never know what I'm quite going to get with oh, you. <laughs> in a very good way. No, no, in a very good way. I love that you challenged me to think about things about I would not have thought about. So go for it. All right. Number one, what is your key business goal for the Perth Collective for 2023 and why? 
So that's a great question, actually. <laughs> I haven't. I think like we were discussing off air, I'm at a different stage in my life. You know, I'm older. I've had businesses for 18 years now, obviously four children. I am now for 2022 concentrating on making it, not taking off difficult clients. Like I'm very much aware of what I'm bringing into our business and making it so it's manageable so I can still be flexible with the children. And then keeping the clients we have happy is my number one goal. We don't want to lose any clients. It's very much, it's more about quality over quantity in the year ahead and actually making sure we're doing a premium service. On the side, as like you, I always have something else going on. I'm launching an online course, which will be a huge, big course. It's going to be very high ticket, but I'm just kind of niching down a lot more, I think, instead of diversifying and going after everything and everything like I used to do. Yeah. I'm using quality <laughs> over quantity. And, you know, for a long time, I worked every weekend, every night. And yeah. I've just been mindful of not, I'm older now. I can't do that anymore. And I felt like I wasn't doing it as well as I used to. So I think I'm just changing my lifestyle. I've got to a really good place that the business is successful, that I can actually back off a little bit out of the business and add stuff like you were talking about doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, that comes with maturity and age that yeah, I don't want to drop my earnings at all, but I'm just looking to systemize it and simplify it so that it's still operating at that premium level, but without such a reliance on me. 24/7. And you've got the experience to know how to make that work now as well. Like I feel like there's different times in your life where you have to lean in really hard and then lean out really hard depending on what's happening, especially around, you know, raising kids and having babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think the confidence, I think, takes a long time to get confident in your business that if you do take the pressure off a little bit for a little while, the business will still survive and it'll still do as yeah. well. And I think <laughs> yeah. that takes a long time to get like if you know, if I don't work 24 hours, if I don't work, you know, 100 hours a week, that the business won't be successful. It's kind of the That's full right. time you realise you can work 50 hours a week and still be quite successful. And PS, 50 hours is still heaps. It is still heaps. <laughs> yeah, that's more than a full-time job, but I can't think I've ever worked yeah. under 50 hours a week in my life. Yeah, that's boy, right. But for me, 50 hours would be taking 50% of my workload away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely that, I think, for 2023. <laughs> All right. You ready for your second one? Sure am, yeah. Your marketing knowledge is really extensive for someone who didn't study marketing. What are the key things that you feel contributed to such an expanse of marketing understanding? Oh, great question. Love that. Especially for <laughs> someone that's done PR and marketing at university. <laughs> I think I read, like unbeknown to a lot of people, I read for hours and hours every day. And I'm not talking books. I'm talking online. I'm very much a Facebook. I don't use, but I actually... Um, in all these Facebook groups. Yes. So I will actually read the problems business owners are facing and then the 20 or 30 responses from people. Yeah. And then one or two of them, I'll be like, that's such a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? And that's how I learn. I actually read other people's opinions and thoughts and podcasts and things like that. And I won't agree with everything, but I will go, oh, that's such a great suggestion for that person. And that's actually taught me another way to handle a situation or to suggest to customers or mentoring clients that I have. So I'm a huge, huge, like the amount of knowledge I absorb per day is mind-blowing. And if I had to put it, it would be hours. So I've kind of yeah, pulled yeah. off Instagram and scrolling mindlessly and instead I self-educate. I read all the news articles every day, every paper, media. Yeah. No. Yeah, and yeah. in short hits, like two minutes here. And then as soon as we get off this, I'll jump back on into another five minutes of checking what's happening in the news in the world. And so it's not blocked. 
touches on such an important point for business is like that constant learning because if you think that you know it all then you've grown to the point that you will ever grow I think like you've got to continuously learn to evolve and grow and you know it's such an important approach and skill to have I think yeah and I have general knowledge on so many things but not specific so I'm more like I have a bit of knowledge on everything rather than one specific thing and so you know whether it's at the moment obviously Twitter's in a world of hurt and going through a whole change and just watching what's happening in that world through to watching what's happening on Instagram and Facebook at the moment it's very different so being knowledgeable on the subjects that are important to my clients and myself as a business owner I think is just yeah like you say you've got to constantly learn and I've probably more done more hours than four years at learning at uni through yeah, self, self yeah. education, I do online courses. I download PDFs. I'm always, yeah, looking what everyone else is doing, and then seeing how I can adapt that to fit my teaching style. I guess. Yeah, you've done so well, and also your business experience with running salons and things like that would have been a huge learning curve. Oh, totally. And I think I was 23 when I bought my first business. That was a really good thing because I didn't have fear. I didn't have any children yeah. I had to look yeah. after. I was. Yeah. Cool. There was no option to fail. I really just didn't have the risk. And as you get older, you have a lot more commitments, you have mortgages, all those things. So for me, having that freedom for those first five years of not having commitments, it made yeah. the world a difference because I take so much higher risk than yeah. I now. And I think that was just such a blessing. And then by the time you know I was 30, I'd already had seven years business experience. Yeah, exactly. Which you can never buy. So no. that was just <laughs> such a, an asset to me that I was so young. But then I look at myself at 23 and I'm like, go off and travel the world. Like, it's such a big <laughs> yeah. commitment and you won't get that time yeah. back. And and oh, so I'd done a lot of traveling before I turned 23. So that was fine. But I also think it's important for people to experience the world and business will always be there. And, you know, yeah. a lot of people have two to three careers. Like we've just talked about, it. you've had two careers. And also that careers. probably gives you an amazing perspective to apply to business anyway. So it is Actually. contributing to that in any case. So, yeah. So I but, hope. You know, I know one of my ch- children will probably end up having a business, but I do hope I'll encourage them to go off and travel first before yeah. they <laughs> yeah. and have a business and, you know, at the you same way as children. Hours a week. <laughs> yeah, and my parents had businesses, so I have been brought up around it and, you know, yeah. I think it's a good role model for kids as well to see parents that work and build businesses because it's not easy. So that is a good segue into my last question, which is if you were starting a business tomorrow – what would your key marketing priority be? Yeah, that's great. And I, they say you have three careers in your lifetime, right? So I've already had the salon for eight years. I sold that. Perth Collective is just about to turn eight years. And I'm like, right, now's my, my husband's like, girl. <laughs> and I was like, but I have another idea. He's like, oh, my God, the business now is going really well. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But for me, I'm like, oh, it's an eight-year <laughs> itch that I'm like, what else would I like to do? But I think of everything, it's relationships. I don't think social media is so important, but the relationships you build, and I know we were talking about this as well before, the people that refer to you and understand you as a business and what you're looking for in clients is so vital. Those people around you that respect you and admire what you do and send clients your way, that is the best marketing in the world. So you need to invest in them and not take them for granted. Like we were talking about, if someone sends you a client, be appreciative, send them a voucher, say thank you send them a nice email or a hamper or something to say, I appreciate you sending that client to to us. And I think that is the biggest thing. And I always say that I'm not in PR. I'm in the business of building relationships, whether it be for our clients, building relationships for them and, you know, us building relationships. So it probably would be exactly the same strategy I used to build the PR or 
Perth Collective PR by doing events and things like that to start with when no one knew who I was. You know, I did a lot of events, a lot of networking, a lot of socialising, and that kind of really pivoted the brand from being just one amongst many to being pretty much the stand-up in that period of time. Absolutely. And I think for our business as well, client referrals were at the very beginning and still are today definitely the most powerful tool that we have like above social media above marketing above everything it is about relationships and building rapport and getting clients not just clients but all your suppliers and trades and everybody that you work with to refer your brand and yeah contributing. doing more for other people like I mean I feel like if I need a favor I have plenty of people I could turn to because I've done so much for them whether it be when they send an email and they're not engaged with us at all in any sense but I will email back my thoughts or how I could help them or what I would do in that tricky situation or even when someone Instagram DMs me about advice I feel like I would like to have a thousand people you know owe me a favor or want to do something for me should I ever need it then the other way around and I feel as a society we've become very guarded on that and you get back what you put out into the world, don't you? Okay. Like, so it depends what you want. You know, like if you want that incredible experience where people are happy to help you out and rally around you when you need it, then you also need to offer that yourself. So, yeah, it's a good yeah. lesson. And I think that when I was, I think I was about 26, I had a really horrific car accident driving back to Albany where I wrote the car off and got wrapped around a tree and all the rest of it. And I walked away without a scratch, but... There was a thing at the time where it was like a psychology thing that you imagined yourself at your own funeral and what people would say about you. And I think that's ever since then I've been so mindful because I'm like, if something, touch wood, was to happen to me tomorrow, what would people say about the way I made them feel or how I helped them? Or And I think that's kind of something I live by because I never, you just never know what tomorrow brings. But I think if you can put out into the world that if you were to leave the world, people would be very positive about how kind you were to them and how you helped them and I think that's such a good mindset to have. And also people notice the energy that you bring into a space. You know, if you walk in and you're open and warm and engaging, then they will appreciate that and that will resonate with them and they will feel that. Whereas if you walk in and you're cold and guarded and not giving, they'll feel that as well. So, you know, if you want to grow your business and also like sleep well at night, like it is such a great kind of approach to everything. Absolutely. And I think you were one of the ones that said, I've had two or three mentoring clients say to me that they felt I was out of their league or unapproachable through socials. And then when I started doing this podcast and talking to people, you suddenly went, oh, I can approach her. And that just so was such a defining moment. Like I know you said it and yeah, two or three other people said, and I was like, wow, isn't this interesting that I think I'm very approachable, but then this podcast, which I was not going to do a second season on I actually ended up having people give me that feedback and I was like this is just another way for them to connect with me and feel more that they could have a conversation with me and you're sharing your incredible knowledge in a really warm and engaging way so like you say that makes it more approachable but you're also incredible with how you communicate on the podcast and it's really interesting to listen to and articulate so you know it creates that incredible regard with your brand and who you are as a person too yeah so I think that's it if you were just if I was to start a business now it would be always to make me approachable and network and relationships all those things that take a lot of effort yeah actually come down to your personality Yes, that's true. Putting yourself out there, the fear of putting yourself out and walking into a room where you know no one, which is also oh, terrifying. It does pay off. It really does. 
Yeah, and I think that's another business hurdle, isn't it? Like that public speaking piece Mm -hmm. I need to work on a lot. You know, like that's another thing that I want to develop over time. But, yeah, I mean it takes a lot of bravery, I think, to do what you do. But like you say, it's such an amazing tool to use in your business because it kind of puts across who you are and what you what you stand for and what you're passionate about, which is what people want to know. And that's what we're seeing stand out across all businesses is our personal brand and people having a voice. Yeah, yeah. That you can remember. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Oh, they were amazing questions. I love that. They're so different to what everyone else's <laughs> So it's a pass. Absolutely. And I loved it. It was a real like thought-provoking question. So where can people connect with you? Tell us where your Instagram account and your website handle is. Instagram is at minted underscore elevated underscore living. And our website is www.mintedelevatedliving.com.au. So definitely check out Tess's design work. It's incredible. And her Instagram is so beautiful as well. And totally be inspired. And we hope you've had lots of takeaways today because I think it's a really pivotal point in lots of people's business where they're at right now is making that jump into being a full-time commercial business. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing all your knowledge with us, Tess. It's been a pleasure to have you on the Covercast. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. It's been lovely having a chat as usual. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I'm really grateful. Thank you. Thank you. It is the season of freebies. So why don't you head to my website and take one of the three freebies I have on offer. There's a five-day challenge, a brand audit, and the new business scale quiz. If I was choosing one, that is the one I'd be choosing. Determine how to scale your business with actionable steps into the next tier of the scale. Head to www.nikkimilne.com and take the quiz. I can't wait to see your results and help you move forward in growing your business so that 2023 is the most profitable year for your business. Thanks for listening to the Passion to Profit podcast. And don't forget to rate, review and follow the podcast. Your support means the world to me. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Passion to Profit.